this is Chuck Wilson uh, co-hosting with Father Stosh Daly and Joanne Wilson Good morning. on the uh, Sacred Heart Hour. And we're coming to you from snowy Columbus, Ohio. Yes, we are. And uh, Father, we have two locations. Father is downtown uh, at Holy Family. Warm in the rectory. Yeah, and we're in the studio. <laughs> You know, I think I think you've you've hit a certain point in life when you know that you can call in on a show and carry it from your own local studio. It's a miracle. <laughs> well, it's a wonderful thing. Also, Father, this tells us you'll never miss another program yeah. uh, because yeah. last last month you were in Rome. Now we know that you can call in from any place. It's true. We that missed you, true. Father. We did miss you, and uh, but if you want to open us in prayer on the morning offering, and then we want to hear a little bit about your trip to Rome and Assisi. Sure. Let's begin as we uh, enter into this First Friday hour dedicated to the Sacred Heart of our Lord Jesus Christ with a prayer, the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. O Jesus, to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world. I offer them for all the intentions of your sacred heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, go ahead, Father, and maybe just share a little bit about uh, your trip to Rome and Assisi. Uh, and before he does that, we just want to remind our listeners again, uh, this is the Sacred Heart Hour. Uh, a lot of the information, discussion will be around the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in your homes, businesses, parish, and organizations. And uh, today, with a limited staff at St. Gabriel Radio, we're going to ask you if you have any questions um, or you're interested in an enthronement. Uh, we ask you to go to our website, sacredheartcolumbus.org, sacredheartcolumbus.org. So, Father, just share a little bit what took you to Rome and Assisi and uh, any connections to the Sacred Heart. <laughs> Very well. Well, I, uh, as God's providence would have it, on Christmas Day offered my uh, Christmas Masses here at Holy Family Church, and then immediately after the last Mass, went straight to the airport for uh, the uh, my flight, headed over to Europe uh, for some meetings in Rome about uh, uh, how to be of a greater assistance and help to several congregations of religious, and then also to meet with a couple of sisters who are missionaries and go throughout the world as a result of their congregations, and to help them with their, uh, really, their propagation of the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So, you know, the trip began with a couple of days in Assisi, um, the place, the City of Peace, as it's called, and the City of St. Francis and St. Clair, and uh, just a beautiful place to visit, and was there with the Brigitine sisters in their convent in Assisi, which was uh, a little taste of uh, rest and peace and heaven. from home. So it was very nice, and then went on to Rome for the meetings, and then came back. And uh, of course, it took me over 
the period of the first Friday for the month of January. So I was a bit removed from our normal program. And then uh, I was also there for the Holy Day on January 1st and uh, able to meet with the Brigitine sisters who have now opened the convent here in Columbus and uh, really able to pray at the tombs of the Holy Apostles and you know, to join with the Universal Church in prayer, especially for peace throughout the world and uh, surrounding the Holy Father. Um, just in, in loving affection. So it was a beautiful opportunity, but, you know, no place like home, even if home is covered in four inches of snow. <laughs> Father, I, you have shared with our missionaries, and for those of you who are listening, Father shares with the missionaries a um, thought for meditation and inspiration in our monthly meetings. And one connection I can think of from your trip that has really resonated with me, and I continue to think about it, is sort of the inspiration you got at the foundress's tomb. Sure. And yeah. and how that is really connected to the sacred heart of, you know, first of all, helping our hearts to right. be authentic and loving. So can you share a little bit about that, Father? Sure. So the uh, the re-foundress of the Brigitine Sisters, St. Maria Elisabetta Hesselblad, she was canonized in 2016, and I was so blessed to be able to uh, be an individual to work on uh, spreading news of her cause, uh, and I was able to be present for her canonization there in Rome. Uh, and I always have a habit of uh, visiting her tomb there in the mother house of the Brigitine Sisters on the Piazza Farnese in Rome. And always, every time I go to the chapel or the room of St. Bridget, I would stop at the tomb of St. Maria Elisabetta. And I just usually we'll say the prayer that I say at the end of every Mass, which is a simple prayer. It's just a prayer that was given to me by the Lord and, you know, <clears throat> helped me to be a faithful priest, a holy priest, a priest at your sacred heart. And, uh, you know, and as I was there, I could hear you know, this woman's voice say, you know, you can't be a good priest unless you're first a good man. Mm. And as I was sharing with all of our missionaries of the sacred heart, you know, a lot of times we look at life that way. We want to be successful in our career. We want to be known as a good husband, a good wife, uh, a good priest, a good sister, someone who has arrived at the peak of their journey. But oftentimes we forget, uh, as St. Maria Elizabeth was reminding me, that uh, you can't be a good priest unless you're a good man. You can't be a good husband until you're a good man. You can't be a good father until you're a good man. You can't be a good wife until you're a good woman. Um, you know, I can't be a good mother until you're first a good woman. So we have to give our humanity over to the Lord to really have that goodness, you know, to have that transparency with the Lord so His grace illuminates our humanity. And really we live in union with Him. And then, you know, when we live in union with the Lord, and if it's heart, you know, when we, when we exchange those hearts, when we take His heart as our own, and we offer our broken hearts to Him, and we live as people who are in union with the Sacred Heart, you know, that's when we find good, holy priests. That's when we find good, healthy, holy marriages. And that's when we find individuals who are truly able to be healthy and holy because they've given their humanity over to the Lord. They've really become good people. And wow, Father, that is, it's so simple, yet it is so deep. And here the Lord has given us this devotion, these promises 
to really, um, I've been thinking of the promise that tepid souls shall become fervent. Absolutely, for sure. Yep. And maybe with that, I know, Father, we get a lot of questions and, and the Sacred Heart Hour and people listen and then uh, with the 80 missionaries out there spreading the devotion and witnessing enthronements, what is this? And I know, Father, in 1673, St. Margaret Mary was given the 12 promises of our Lord to those that expose and honor his sacred heart. And maybe we ought to go through the promises, and then you can reflect a little bit of the why we want to welcome people first to the sacred heart, and then the preparation, the celebration of the enthronement, and then we get into that continue phase, which is the honoring. This is the good news. <laughs> and we need good news today. We do. So maybe start with the first four and we'll rotate a little bit. Sure. So, you know, as we discussed, you know, our Lord appeared to St. Margaret Mary and he had these ongoing conversations. And the conversations are basically distilled into 12 distinct promises, you know, the perfect summary of all of the apparitions the perfect summary of all of the fruits of our Lord's uh, time spent with St. Margaret Mary when she was in prayer. And those came to be known as the Twelve Promises. And you know, the first promise is, I will give them all the graces necessary for their state in life. And then Jesus gives the second promise, I will give peace to their families. Mm. And the third promise, I will console them in all their troubles. And then the fourth promise the Lord made, they shall find in my heart an assured refuge during life, and especially at the hour of death. Wow. Just those alone you could just meditate on. Number five, I will pour abundant blessings on all their undertaking. Six, sinners shall find in my heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. Seven, tepid souls shall become fervent. Number eight, fervent souls shall speedily rise to great perfection. And number nine, I will bless the homes, dwellings in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. And ten, I will give to priests the power to touch the most hardened hearts. Eleven, those who propagate this devotion shall have their name written in my heart and it shall never be effaced. And number 12, the all-powerful love of my heart will grant to all those who shall receive communion on the first or attend Mass and communion on the first Friday of nine consecutive months, the grace of a final repentance. They shall not die under my displeasure, nor without receiving their sacraments. My heart shall be their assured refuge at the last hours. And I know, Father, when we met uh, back in 2011 to discuss uh, being more involved with this devotion in the Diocese of Columbus and spreading it and creating missionaries to become witnessing of enthronements, we chose also with St. Gabriel to do this on First Friday. Why First Friday? Yeah, I, well, the Lord himself, you know, when he was visiting uh, and appearing to St. Margaret Mary, he's the one who chose, in his own words, 
the power of First Friday. And, you know, anything that's first carries with it an automatic um, standout or kind of significance, you know. And it just be, it's, it's for no other reason than the fact that it is the first. It's the first day of that particular sequence. So the Lord chooses the first Friday of the month. You know, today, February 1st, first Friday of the month of February, it's the first day of that month wherein we remember His death on the cross for us. It's the first Friday of the month wherein we remember the great expression of His love for us. Every Friday, it's not just on the first Friday, but every Friday, every week, as humanity, we have to come to that point of acknowledging what the Lord has done for us on the cross, how much He's loved us, you know, and then there's the reality of us desiring to accept that love, the need for us to accept it. And the Lord says, you know, on the first day of the month, you know, wherein you remember me and what I've done for you, on that first Friday of the month, you know, not just the first day of the month, but the first Friday, the first Friday, the first day wherein you remember my passion, that day, remember my heart. Remember the heart on the cross. Remember the heart on the altar. You know, remember the heart that is in the monstrance. Remember the heart that beats out of love for you, the heart that's been pierced for you. So our Lord Jesus Christ is the one who gave us this importance, this significance, and this turning towards the first Friday. And he asks us to make nine first Fridays, you know, receive Holy Communion. Well, that implies attending Holy Mass. And, of course, in order to receive Holy Communion, we have to be in a state of grace. So he says, you know, receive communion on the nine first Fridays. So you, cho- you choose nine months. You go to Mass on those nine first Fridays, you know, that first Friday of a month wherein we remember the heart on the cross, the heart on the altar, the heart in the monstrance, the heart that's reserved in the tabernacle. We draw close to that divine and sacred heart. And over nine first Fridays, we're making what? We're making what's called a novena. And a novena, of course, is strictly biblical. It goes right back to the Acts of the Apostles. It goes back to the, the Gospels themselves. It goes back to the time between, you know, our Lord ascending to the Father in heaven and, of course, Pentecost. Nine days transpire between that. So anything that involves the number nine is going to be biblical, and it goes back to that period of intense prayer. And it's not that we just show up at church on the first Friday you know, turn on our devotion, and then as we're leaving, we turn it off. It's really supposed to be nine months of dedication, nine months of focus, nine months of what everyone today is calling intentional living, you know, acknowledging, okay, the heart of Christ has to be my all. And, of course, you know, Chuck and Joanne, as we've experienced and discussed and shared and just basked in the glory of, a lot of people will make their nine first Fridays and realize, it doesn't stop. stop. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Father, I have a question. As you were mentioning Mass, <clears throat> what about places where they have a communion service? Maybe they don't have Mass because of, uh, you know, the lack of uh, priests in that area, or if you're in a hospital, do you really have to have the Mass on first to make the first Friday? Would you break the chain if you did not attend Mass? Or is it mostly receiving our Lord? Well, I think that's a very good question, and I, th- I think that's a question that is coming about more and more in today's environment with the shortage of priests. But I think before we go into the answer to that, we have to keep in mind, a communion service is never equal to the Mass. Mm-hmm. They're never synonymous. And we should always make sure that we understand that, because the Eucharist 
the Blessed Sacrament, the Sacrament of the Altar, the Bread of Life, the Bread of Angels, all these beautiful titles, without the Mass there is no Eucharist. And every Mm -hmm. now and then, and unfortunately in some of the mission territories, it's a frequent occurrence, Mm -hmm. the Mass is not offered because, as you highlighted, Joanne, sometimes there's just not a priest, Mm -hmm. or maybe if you're in a parish with one priest and he takes ill. Um, You know, like in our area, Bishop Campbell has so wisely counseled us to remember a communion service is not something that you just automatically do because you don't have a priest. You know, a communion service is really a last resort. And if there's no daily Mass, there really should not be a communion service. You know, a communion service would be reserved for a Sunday situation wherein the priest is not able to be there. Um, and because, unfortunately, in our human uh, weakness, we tend to equate the two. And in a situation where, let's say, someone cannot attend Holy Mass on that first Friday, mm-hmm. but with full respect and full attention to you know, the precious nature of the Holy Mass, the reality of the connection between the priest and the Eucharist, uh, you know, there, a communion service is you know, possible or it is made likely, you know, the Lord, in His own words, He says, receive communion, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he says, receive communion, and he, he says that with a particular specific attention. But at the same time, you know, I want to make sure that while the Lord says, receive communion, we can never automatically say, well, I'll just go to a communion service. Mm-hmm. That should never take place. Oh, you know, that's helpful, we, Father. We don't have the Eucharist without the Mass, and in a lot of places, unfortunately, that. Uh, that challenge has arisen. People think the communion service equals the Mass. It's just one has a priest and one doesn't. It's like, no, if there's no priest, there's definitely no Mass. Mm. And there really probably needs to be incredible discernment before a communion service is offered, because we have a lot of, a lot of errors out there today, a lot of faulty thinking with regard to the reality of the priest, and we lose that connection between Jesus, the priest, the priest, and the Eucharist. The Eucharist is Jesus. And uh, it's a great question. You know, someone's like in a nursing home and unable to go to Holy Mass, unable to leave, you know, the premises. Right. But they have the opportunity to receive Holy Communion on that first Friday. The Lord in His mercy, of course, He would compensate for that allowance, you know. Uh, But if we have the opportunity to go to Holy Mass and we choose not to, we go back to that original thought. It's like, okay, well, where's the intention of my heart? Where's that union? You know, where's that union for, uh, that desire for union with the Lord? And I think so many of us today, we are tempted by our schedules to be very efficient and productive. And it's like the Holy Mass should never become a victim to that thrust of being you know, efficient or productive. You know, it's always that's very helpful, Father. Spend and time it also, with the Lord. You know, I mean, all... the beautiful thing is in our holy faith, Holy Mother, the Church, she wants her children to go to heaven. Yeah, but she wants her children to go to heaven by the right road. You know? And we need our priests. <laughs> we need yeah. to pray for more oh, priests. Oh my! Yes. Uh, just pray for vocations and and just treasure the gift of priesthood. And thank you, Father. And um, again, this is the Sacred Heart Hour coming to you on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. And um, we uh, were putting a shout out to FM 88.3 in Southern Ohio. They are now up and running, part of the family. 
And uh, that's going to cover from Chillicothe down into Portsmouth and a little bit southern of Portsmouth and uh, area. So uh, it's just an extension of St. Gabriel Radio. But welcome and welcome to the Sacred Heart Hour, again, co-hosted by Father Stosh Daly and myself and Joanne Wilson. Um, again, any questions, if you're interested in an enthronement, knowing more about it, go on our website, sacredheartcolumbus.org, sacredheartcolumbus.org. And Father, as we talked about the 12 promises, the next thing I thought maybe we could talk about is what are the ways that we are now uh, in allowing people to encounter our Lord through the Sacred Heart? And um, we have a great website, which I just mentioned, sacredheartcolumbus.org. We have now our 80 missionaries. We have the Sacred Heart Hour every first Friday. We have our annual Sacred Heart Congress coming up uh, this year, November 16th at St. Michael's again. And we also have those that have enthroned their homes that are sharing this with others. But again, what is the enthronement? Why the enthronement? And how do you do it through preparation, the celebration, and the honoring? Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Really usually, usually Chuck is the one that, you know, he's the engineer. <laughs> he's <laughs> kind of so the nuts and bolts kind of guy. so warm on this show. <laughs> oh, Father. Well, next time, be in the studio, huh? <laughs> You know, it's so great because if we go back to the 12 promises, you know, those those 12 simple statement-like summaries of that whole conversation between Jesus and St. Margaret Mary, which unfolded over the course of two years, you have two that particularly stand out, especially with regard to the enthronement, because you're so right, Chuck. People say, well, what? I mean, what is an enthronement? Why Mm -hmm. an enthronement? And it goes back to, you know, really all of those 12 promises, but two in particular, you know, the Lord said, I will give peace to their families. So if someone draws close to the Sacred Heart, if a household draws close to the Sacred Heart, if if a, an entire family draws close to the Sacred Heart, it doesn't matter if you live alone or with loved ones or with you know, roommates, if that individual draws close to the Sacred Heart, you know, the Lord has assured us with this promise, I will give peace to their families. And then, of course, the next promise you can go to, number the ninth one is their uh, frequently and commonly numbered, I will bless the homes in which the image of my sacred heart shall be exposed and honored. And those become basically the foundation stones of what we call the enthronement. And I was just participating in an enthronement last night. A beautiful uh, young married couple married a year, you know, joyfully expecting the birth of their son. And they had another uh, couple of friends over, another young married couple, uh, another friend who's also married, and uh, some siblings, and the joy that was there in, in the simplicity of the prayers, you know, praying the prayer of the Sacred Heart, the Rosary, the Litany, the Covenant, and uh, to just see there, I mean, it was kind of scary because I realized I was the oldest person in the room, so that's never <laughs> a happy acknowledgement. <laughs> we were going through the prayers, and I realized this is really what our Christian life is about. But, Father, what if the family is not experiencing peace? What if they are in a really um, very difficult situation? Is this something that is like instant 
oh, I am going to have an enthronement and then tomorrow I'm going to wake up and there will be peace and love in my home? Right. Yeah, very good question. Well, once again, it's very much like that earlier comment, you know, we live in an age and in a culture that wants immediate fruit. We want the immediate benefit right now. And, um, you know, sometimes, oftentimes, more often than not, it takes time for the Lord to heal the wounds and to untie the knots and to clean up the mess. Mm-hmm. And as I told someone last night, you know, at this enthronement, it's like, okay, first of all, the Sacred Heart is not for those who think they're perfect. Amen. It's, it's for <laughs> those who want to be holy. Yeah. And I said, you know, I think that's a very important because a lot of times people say, well, I'm good. Everything's in its proper place. And it's like, so you have all the peace that you were made to have. Not all the peace that you want. You have all the peace that you were made to have. You were made for something more. You know, and the enthronement is a process where in a family who could very well be at peace, but they want holiness. They do. They bring the sacred heart into their home. They make him the king, brother, and friend of all of who they are, of all of where they are, of all that they will ever be. For the family that perhaps is struggling with anything or everything, you bring the sacred heart of Jesus into your home. He becomes the king, brother, and friend. He's the divine physician. He begins to heal. But you know, I think it's important to realize a lot of times, as you mentioned, Joanne, we will run into individuals or we'll get sincere questions saying, I'm in a very tragic situation, a drastic situation. I need an immediate fix. And it's like, now, wait a minute. Um, the human heart, the human heart uh, needs time to heal. And Jesus gives us that time. And we have to be willing to have the patience to receive that gift of time. And uh, you know, if the family is suffering, if the individual is lost or yearning, or wanting to learn more, you know, the, the enthronement of the Sacred Heart is kind of ramping up what should already be there in the home, which is a desire to be in love with the Lord. And we've experienced over and over and over again that oftentimes when our missionaries go into a home with a picture of the Sacred Heart, there's actually not really yet already there a love for Him, a desire to be one with Him, but they know that they need Him. And that acknowledgement of the need for him then gives birth to a desire to want to be closer to him. And Father, you, oh, excuse me, Father, you've also said that, you know, you have new graces to endure as you are going through this process of healing that, you know, it's like help is on the way and Jesus, (laughs) Jesus is the help. And the missionaries don't have the solution. We don't have, you know, we're not counselors. We're not. Certainly, we're not saints, we're sinners. We're just like everyone else, struggling along the way. But the difference is, you know, we are bringing in Jesus in a new way, and his mother, and paving the way. And so, it will not be the same. No, Yeah, the missionaries of the Sacred Heart, you know, the three of us, we are not the physician. We're not even the remedy. But what we're doing is we're, get, we're bringing direct access to the physician, his grace, his healing, to the people, to the Sacred Heart. And, you know, if, if anyone or everyone, you know, were to say, well, where do I begin? You know, you begin by acknowledging you were made 
by God. You were created by God in love. And He wants you to love, not just to love Him, not just to love your neighbor, but also have love for yourself, and to bring His heart, the source of all love, into your home. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, what happens if I'm not yet ready for the enthronement? It's like, well, then if you're not yet ready to make that, that solemn, that beautiful, that act, that entrustment, that covenant, where Jesus becomes the king, brother, and friend, no shame, no judgment, but at least make his heart present in your home yeah. now. Just Get that image of his sacred heart in the home now. And just, you know, on the first Friday, light a candle by the picture while you're there, you know. Uh, get some holy water from your parish church. Rebless the home. Make sure that that place where you live is not just a building, not just a house, and not even just a home, but make sure it's a temple, the temple of the Lord. And we bring everything to you. Oh, yeah. We are a traveling road show. (laughs) (laughs) We bring it all. And I know we're coming to a close. So for those uh, that can listen to the next uh, half hour, but to close this up again, as we mentioned, we bring everything a missionary. All you have to do is register online or talk to a missionary or meet us at the conferences, women or men's conference, and we'll talk about that the second hour, and um, you can register there. But we really talk about three phases, the preparation phase, and as Isaiah 40-3, prepare the way of the Lord, and that's what the preparation phase is. Then we talk about the celebration phase, that we witness your enthronement, you enthroned, we witness, and then we're going to talk about in the next half hour this honoring or continue phase, because as Father has mentioned, this is not a once and done. So with that, Father, if you want to close us in prayer, maybe we can use the prayer from the prayer card. Absolutely. And, you know, we found this prayer to be so beautiful and so powerful for many. And regardless of your place in the enthronement, whether you've done it, whether you haven't, whether you haven't, we encourage you to listen to this prayer and make it your own. O most holy heart of Jesus, fountain of every blessing, I adore you, I love you, and with a lively sorrow for my sins, I offer you this poor heart of mine. Make me humble, patient, pure, and wholly obedient to your will. Grant, good Jesus, that I may live in you and for you. Protect me in the midst of danger. Comfort me in my afflictions. Give me health of body, assistance in my temporal needs your blessings and all that I do in the grace of a holy death. Amen. 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 Let us pray for healing from illness. Dear Lord Jesus, I offer you my life and heart, my mind and body, my soul and spirit, and I ask the Holy Spirit to dwell in me I give you my health and well-being, my disabilities and brokenness. Help me to surrender every aspect of my life to your Lordship. I release everything into your compassionate care and join my suffering to yours on the cross. Amen.
I was actually raised in the Catholic Church. I, I um, went to grade school uh, through sixth grade, and pretty much about the time I went to high school, um, I stopped attending church and really didn't think much more about it for a number of years. The return to church, the Catholic Church, was somewhat of an evolution. I thought I knew what the Catholic Church believed and taught, but uh, learned very quickly from somebody who knew far more about the Bible than I ever hoped to know. Uh, I learned that the Catholic Church, what it truly taught, and that that's where I needed to be. I'm a recovered alcoholic and drug addict. Without God in my life, I'd probably be dead. God has literally saved my life. I feel like I'm truly on the road to um, the fulfillment of, of really all of my desires, uh, which is ultimately to spend eternity in heaven with myself and my family. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Good morning, and this is our second session on the Sacred Heart Hour co-hosted by Father Stosh Daly and Joanne and Chuck Wilson. Good morning. And, and uh, we're going a little bit split here with Father being downtown, uh, covering the southern flank of the snowstorm, and we're on the north. And, uh, uh, and Father, I know we had talked about uh, maybe the intention of Holy Father and then maybe opening in prayer from the from the Magnificat, which is a beautiful prayer, on the presentation of our Lord. Very well. So the intention for this month, uh, February, for our Holy Father and from our Holy Father, Pope Francis, is oriented towards praying for those who are victims of human trafficking, that they will always find a place of refuge, safety, and welcome in the arms of Holy Mother, the Church. And of course, going into uh, this month of February, on this first Friday, also February 1st, um, you know, dedicating ourselves to the Sacred Heart. We are so blessed in time that in tomorrow, enter into February 2nd, which is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord, a beautiful day. It's not only the first Saturday, wherein we venerate the Immaculate Heart of Mary, but we also get to celebrate the Presentation of the Lord in the t- into the Temple, kind of bringing to a close the 40-day period uh, from the Lord's Nativity. So, um, you know, we're going to throw it back to you, Chuck. Okay. Uh, you have your Magnificat. You can guide us in that prayer. Sure. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Almighty, everlasting God, we humble and implore your majesty that just as your holy begotten Son was presented on this day in the temple, in the substance of our flesh, so by your grace, we may be presented to you and minds made pure. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. 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 And Father, maybe uh, share a little bit, as we were talking earlier this week, um, and we talk about the enthronement of the Sacred Heart in the home, and I know Joanne mentioned over the break, so people are not confused. This is not difficult. We don't want to overwhelm you. It's very simple. Our Lord is asking for you to expose and honor his heart. And just open your door to the missionaries and that, bring everything. And that's it. And uh, so forth. But I know part of this is helping to make our home a temple. Absolutely, yeah. 
No, I mean when we make this when we make the heart of Christ the center of the Christian home, uh, we transform. You know where we live. We transform it from just a place, a building, a, a dwelling. We not only and we not only make it a home, but we also make it the temple of the Lord. And you know we think so powerfully, especially tomorrow. You know if you have the opportunity to go to Holy Mass tomorrow for the presentation of the Lord. You know, please do so. If the weather permits, and if it's easier to get out to you know Holy Mass, given the the fact that a lot of the Midwest has suffered immensely from you know harsh weather conditions, if you're able to go to Holy Mass tomorrow, or maybe if you have a TV and you're able to watch Mass on EWTN, you know, just uh, join the Church and living the liturgy as we celebrate the presentation of the Lord into the Temple. And of course, it's the last day in the 40-day period uh, of the Nativity. You know, so it, uh, to the, tomorrow's feast day, we'll recount a couple of things. First is the purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It will have been 40 days since she gave birth. Um, and then also we celebrate that moment, that first time when she went to the temple with the Christ child, which, I mean, if any of us could go back in time and relive a moment, there are so many different chapters from our Lord's life, so many different moments from our Lord's life, the lives of the saints, 2,000 years of Catholic Christian history. I mean, the presentation of the Lord has to be one of those moments that if we know what's going on, if we know a taste of the drama, who would not want to be there when young Mary, uh, escorted by her husband Joseph, is carrying her little boy, who is our God. She's bringing him to the temple to be presented. And then, of course, what happens, you have... You know, Simeon, who's been waiting there because he was given a revelation. He was given the consolation of knowing he would not pass from this life. He would not die until he saw the glory of the Lord, until he saw the salvation of his people. And you can only imagine the fervor, the excitement of someone like Simeon, you know, who's lived a long life. He's lived a good life. But, you know, at some point we all realize more people on the other side than I know here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's ready. To, I'm time, it's time to go. I'm ready to go. But he's been given the, these words by the Lord, from the Lord. You will not pass until you've seen the glory of the Lord, until you've seen the salvation of your people. And he knows. He knows where to look. He's in the temple, and he's watching the different families bring forth their little ones to be presented. You can imagine Simeon looking at the different children, looking at the different baby boys, and he's waiting for that moment when he will see the eyes of a particular child, and in the countenance, in the face of that child, he will see the glory of the Lord, the salvation of his people. And when he sees the baby Jesus, the child Jesus, in the beautiful arms of Our Lady, the Immaculata, he gives the canticle, Now my eyes have seen the salvation, O Lord, you know? And he goes on, and he gives these beautiful words, and it's not just a drama of the heart in Jesus being returned to the temple. It's not just a matter of the Divine Spirit, the Divine Presence, the Shekinah returning to the temple. It's also a matter of peace for someone like Simeon, who's yearning for the Lord. He wants to be with the Lord. And to know that the temple, which has had countless numbers of sacrifices offered to try to bridge the gap between God and humanity, you know, it's had many years of ups and downs, being pillaged and burned and robbed, but also having celebrations and joyful gatherings. No, on that day when Our Lady and Joseph 
ascend the steps of the temple. They're bringing the Christ child, baby Jesus. They're bringing the divine heart to the temple. They transform it from a building to a dwelling, from a dwelling to a place of worship, from a place of worship to the temple of the Most High God. And when Mary brings Jesus into the temple in the presentation of the Lord, we relive that in every enthronement. Our Lady brings Christ into the home. That's how we have the statue of Our Lady, Our Lady of Fatima to be exact. You know, Our Lady enters into the home first, preparing the way for her son, so as to make the dwelling of one person, many people, hundreds of people, a place of education, a place of employment. Wherever the enthronement is being done, Our Lady brings the heart of her son, Jesus, who is our Lord, the glory of the Lord, the salvation of the people. She brings that heart into that place, and she makes it a temple. And Holy Mother, the Church has reminded us that our homes, our lives, our families are supposed to be a domestic church. Mm. So where we live is supposed to be a temple. There's no room for darkness. There should be no room for sin. There should be no room for, you know, prideful anger, impurity, you know, foul language. There should be no room for angst or, you know, really pain. No, where we live, it should be the temple of the Lord. So tomorrow, we don't just celebrate the presentation of the Lord in the temple. Today and tomorrow, we are given an invitation and a challenge by the Lord Himself to say, make where you live a temple where I may live. And that's what we're celebrating tomorrow, the presentation of the Lord. That, that, you know, Father, we really need to recapture that. Even in our symbols in our home, holy reminders, as Mother Angelica always said. And we do bring the image of the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart, which we do leave. Yep, with absolutely. The, with, so if you don't have them, don't worry. We bring them. We leave them. Yeah. And and this, what what we're trying to present today and every first Friday when we come on the radio with Sacred Heart Hour is a lifeline of hope. Yeah. This is the hope today. The hope is in Jesus, and he said, the hope is in my heart, and I want it to be exposed and honor in every home. And let Jesus take over. Let Jesus take over. If there, Joey, why don't you explain, this is not difficult, and it's for everybody. It is not difficult. It is just a matter of basically saying yes, of saying I'll try, saying, oh, Jesus, you're welcome here as we are. We, You know, we come as we are. And we don't tour your house. We're not looking for <laughs> no. a, a remodeled kitchen. No. Hardwood floors. No, we don't even usually have a glass of water. Yeah. We are just coming there to witness that. And Father, also, we I know we have a couple exciting announcements. Uh, one, the first one I'll do is today we have the annual Catholic Man of the Year luncheon and award oh, presentation. yes. Even with all the graces of the snow out there. But one of our missionaries, Frank Harchie, oh, yeah. uh, will be so honored happy today. So Frank and Judine, and it's Judine. couple power. It is, and they are missionaries <laughs> of the Sacred Heart part of uh, St. Matthew's in Gahanna, very active, and he's the business manager down at St. Patrick's, so he's covering his bases with the <laughs> diocese and Dominicans and uh, so forth. But I just invite everybody, uh, the Mass starts at 1145, 
and that's open to the public. And then the luncheon is only $10, uh, but it starts at 12.15. And I know Bishop Campbell will be there, but I don't know whether our new announced bishop and maybe share a little bit about that, Father. Sure. Well, as if the Lord in His goodness uh, doesn't give us enough, you know, on the last day of the month, uh, yesterday, we received news that our Holy Father, Pope Francis, uh, accepted the resignation of our uh, President Bishop, Bishop Frederick Campbell. So the Holy Father accepted Bishop Campbell's resignation as of yesterday and allowed him to enter into retirement, and he blessed us with a new bishop, Bishop Robert Brennan, who at present moment is an auxiliary bishop in the Diocese of Rockville Center, New York. And, of course, uh, Bishop Brennan has been here for a few days, uh, meeting and greeting, and he can celebrated the, the Mass yesterday at the Cathedral at 12.05. And uh, this is a great day of blessing, a celebration for us, you know, not only uh, because our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and his love and care and concern for our diocese has given us a new bishop. We're excited. Um, so soon, you know, on the same day as uh, Bishop Campbell's resignation being accepted, but also to just know that, you know, we're going to be entering into uh, an opportunity to venerate the heart of Christ today, to love the Immaculate Heart of Mary tomorrow, to celebrate the presentation of the Lord, you know, enter into this month of February, and then, of course, looking ahead to all of the excitement of the liturgical year, and to know that we have a shepherd, you know, to know that uh, Bishop Brennan is coming to us, and he sent out a beautiful, heartfelt, a uh, very cordial video to all of his priests, which was very much appreciated, you know, and, uh, I, you know, we just have to be filled with gratitude for the example, the paternal example, the example of charity and presence from Bishop Campbell, and now to be also filled with gratitude and excitement that we have uh, Bishop Brennan coming to us. And, uh, you know, we can only commit ourselves with filial love and charity to praying for the strength and the encouragement and the fidelity of uh, Bishop you know, Brennan, and to welcome him and to make sure he knows he's coming into the Diocese of Columbus, a diocese which is truly a land, a people, a church of the heart of Christ. You and know, we continue then. We continue to pray for Bishop Campbell. And if you're listening, Bishop, we thank you so much for your Absolutely. years of service and shepherding. And we know this is just, uh, you know, another, a new chapter is beginning. And also, uh, we want to talk a little bit about the excitement coming up uh, this month, and that is the conferences, the Catholic Women's Conference and the Catholic Men's Conference. The Women's is on February 16th, Saturday, and the Men's is on February 23rd, the following Saturday. And maybe, Joanne, share a little bit about the Women's Conference and the excitement, and then I'll share a little bit about the Men's Conference. Well, the lineup for the Women's Conference is just, as it is every year, really exciting. But I also have to share, it's not just about the speakers. I'll, you know, give a little highlight, little sentence or two about the speakers, but it's also about 3,000 women in, you know, faith and in Catholic faith. And you don't have to be Catholic to attend the Women's Conference. But it is a day of celebration. It's a day of sacraments. It's a day of renewal and the vendors and all the other opportunities. 
And it's really a day of the Holy Spirit running into people you haven't seen. I've had just tremendous experiences every year. But the speakers are also part of the gift, uh, very much so. And this year we have Father Bailey and, um, no, it's Father Hartley. And Father has spent a lot of time with St. Mother Teresa in the past, and he'll have great stories. He also served in the Dominican Republic, and he knows very much about the poor there and how they, um, you know, with the sugar cane and that whole drama unfolding. But he'll have words for us as well. Let's see. We have Colleen Mitchell and Colleen. Uh, we, you know, she is more about grieving and healing and family life. And she's written a book about women in the New Testament. Sister Faustina Maria is a sister for life in New York. And we know what's happening in New York, and we know the hope and love of the sisters there. Anna Mitchell from Cincinnati, and then great music. So therefore, Chuck, uh, tell us about the men, and go ahead and register, women. Yeah, register, and you go on the Catholic uh, Women's Conference website or Catholic Men's uh, Conference website, which is under catholicmensministry.com. And um, but also we want to put a shout out to all of our sponsors this year. The generosity of our sponsors helped underwrite this entire uh, both conferences, and so doing, we're able to keep the admission down. Uh, Father Romano Romero uh, or Jesse Romero is going to be our leadoff speaker for the men's conference. He's award-winning speaker. Uh, I really like him because. Uh, his background is a boxer, a policeman. He gets into it, and Dave Orsborn said he never brings his B game. It's always his A game. <laughs> so he is going to light the up the place. Guy. He is feisty, but he's great. I know all the men will really enjoy him. And then we're blessed to have Bishop Donald Hying from Gary, Indiana. And what a what a gift that we're going to have a bishop speak to us, and he's young and he's vibrant and he's going to bring a wonderful uh, story for us and uh, he's originally from the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and then uh, in the afternoon Dr. Timothy Gray and he's an author educator unbelievable person involved with EWTN and he's president of the Augustan Institute and professor of the sacred scripture of St. John Vianney Theological Seminary, and he's also involved with form, and this is going to be a gift that all the men are going to receive. But the most important part, we start off early with uh, adoration and the rosary. We go into registration. We go into the conference. We have a break with 60 priests coming for the reconciliation service. We have prayer teams afterwards. We have that beautiful luncheon again by Panera. And then we go into the speaker. And then finally, the closing mass, which be very special because uh, Bishop Campbell will be doing the closing mass. And this will be, I believe, his 14th conference. Mm. And think about that. For 14 years, he's been doing the closing mass. Thank you, Bishop. The Source and Summit 
of the conference, and then we're over with by three. So again, the women's conference, the men's conference, uh, there's a lot going on there. And, and Chuck, don't forget to mention that it will be aired on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio and then re-aired. Wow, that's right. And um, and you're going to hear people like Dave Orsborn and Bill Messerly, yeah. uh, David Martin, and uh, so forth. So to be the usual suspects will be on the radio. <laughs> And uh, I don't know whether we'll be invited or not. We haven't gotten that call yet, Joanne. And, uh, so- I spend the day listening. I make it a retreat day. Uh, as we know, it's a men's conference, which I'm totally happy to have the men just have a few hours alone together. But uh, women are also welcome to listen in. Now, one of the highlights of the conferences is our Sacred Heart Table. Oh, absolutely. Great time to meet missionaries. Jewel. Father will be there at a number of times off and on at both conferences. Uh, but uh, all the breaks, everything, the table will be open. You can talk to a missionary. And if you say, it's now time for us to register, we have cards there. You can just register. A missionary will follow that up. Or just register for a phone call to talk more about it. Or please just stop by and say you listen to St. Gabriel Radio, you enjoy our program, or any other (laughs) comments you might have about our program. Be kind. Be kind, as Joanne said. Father, any other thoughts? No. I I, I would just like to go back to one thing that we briefly discussed, and it was... uh, the promises of our Lord's Sacred Heart on this first Friday of the month of February, you know, regardless of where any of our listeners might be, whether they're in a car trying to, you know, remain safe and out of the way of harm, or whether they're at home or at their place of work, um, you know, we are here on this first Friday of the month on the Sacred Heart Hour at St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. We are here to do many things, but of all the things we're called to do, the first and foremost is to remind you and to remind all that, God loves you, and we, He wants us to have His love in our homes by having His heart very close to our own. And what better month than Valentine's? Well, you know, <laughs> I just think about reclaiming the culture, Father, and as we see the heart everywhere, hearts are everywhere. True. I mean, I make hearts out of meatloaf for Valentine's <laughs> Day. <laughs> Put a little ketchup on top and, you know. I was know, wondering if the meatloaf would reappear. Yes, the meatloaf. It's tradition. Do you think, Father, she's reminding me of Valentine's Day 14 <laughs> days prior? You know, I think in her great yes, time. she's giving you plenty of time to prepare. Yes, yes. But, you know, reclaim it for the sacred heart. Reclaim it. You know, bring your family around the picture. Say special prayers on that day. Celebrate the heart of Jesus as well. And I like, Father, what you've talked about, and I think for our listeners today, is this is a call from our Lord Jesus. Yeah. We're just answering that call. We are part of uh, the drip of promoting his heart of love. And I know, even within our family, I don't know where we'd be today without our enthronement and our renewal enthronement. Absolutely, so Jack. It's, it's, if you're going to have a gift for Valentine's Day, give the gift 
of the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. It'll beat every other gift that you can give because you're giving Jesus to your home. And my hope is, and Father talked about holiness and creating a holy man and a holy woman in the beginning of our program today. No better way than get to the conferences, get renewed, get prepared for Lent. And I know, Father, we haven't talked about the preparation of Lent yet, but it's a great way to prepare for Lent and during Lent have your home and throne. No one has ever said, gee, I wish I had not done that. <laughs> it's sure. the opposite. We hear that's what keeps us going. We hear yep. the stories of transformation, of revelation, of things coming to the surface that need to be worked on and, and sometimes, you know, eliminated or dealt with. But really, we hear the stories of tremendous grace and peace coming to not just families, but to individuals, to now, businesses. Now, Father, you have your Mass on First Friday. What, what time is that? Oh, yeah. So actually here at Holy Family Church, and I know in other parishes as well, we not only have our regularly scheduled daily Masses at 12.15, uh, but we also add a special Mass in the evening at 7 p.m. on the first Friday, so that those who are working uh, during the day may have the opportunity to attend Holy Mass, receive Communion, and then here at Holy Family we expose our Lord for adoration throughout the night so that people can come and make a holy hour of reparation before the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. So in closing, really we're again wanting everybody, to, and we're emphasizing it, the importance of the First Fridays, the importance of having your homes enthroned, the lifeline that our Lord wants to give us today, and you put Jesus in the home. And I love that expression, we're, uh, he's allowing, as Father said, he's, uh, we're allowing the King to come into our home, and then we're allowing to create a friendship with that King that is continuous. So, Father, if you want to close us with the prayer of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and from it the renewal prayer uh, that's in Father Larkin's book. Absolutely. As we close out this uh, Sacred Heart Hour on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio on this first Friday of the month of February... Let us also keep in mind as we turn towards the Sacred Heart of Jesus, all those who suffer as a result of the weather, especially those who go without adequate shelter or preparation, or um, are just suffering because of what the weather has brought about around us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Most kind Jesus, we humbly kneel at thy feet. We renew the consecration of ourselves to thy divine heart. Be thou our King forever. In Thee we have full and entire confidence. May the Holy Spirit penetrate our thoughts, our desires, our words, and our deeds. Bless our undertakings, share in our joys and in our trials and in our labors. Grant us to know Thee better, to love Thee more, and to serve Thee without faltering. Amen. 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 Stay safe, Father. God bless you all. This is listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820 on WVSG Columbus and FM88.3 WSGR, New Boston, Portsmouth.